Good morning, everyone. Again, blessed Easter to you. Friends, um, for those of you who are here always with me um, every Sunday, uh, you know that sometimes Father, um, me suffers from insomnia. So um, sometimes I'm in two o'clock in the morning watching TV. Usually the news, which is always ugh, gloom and doom, you know, it's just horrible. Uh, so then I switch and I go to the shopping network <laughs> because the shopping network tells me what I need that I do not have. And, but my friends, on this one occasion, I was not able to sleep and I was watching and the hostess of the show was doing a garden show. And she came out and she had this thing. Uh, what do they call that thing? A garden, garden kneeler. And she set it up and she sat on it and then she flipped it over and knelt on it pretending to pull weeds. And I thought, I need that in the church for all the people who stand along the walls. So we see on the right side, they got it. They figured it out. They got the garden tool. And now they're sitting because Father gives 30-minute homilies. And the people on the left side, what happened? You guys are still standing. Did they not offer you the stools or the contraptions? But that's, what, that's the benefit of having insomnia and watching the shopping network. Uh, I look, and, oh, I need that for the church. And we got it. And it, I think the people outside are using them. It's, very, it's very, a good thing, huh? And uh, my friends, uh, John's Gospel... Uh, John writes in such a way that it's very high and a very uh, Christ, there's a high Christology and he always has layers and uh, there's lots of symbolism and um, on uh, Friday I received an email from a family that had moved and um, it was wonderful because I miss them and for all of you who do not know your pastor or pastors of your parishes, we know people. I mean, we, uh, people think we don't know you or we don't see you, but um, luckily, you adults continue with your bad habits that you had in school where you sit in the same desk all the time. <laughs> and you sit in the pew in the same place all the time, so I can scan this way. I'm like, yeah, Jane's not here, and that one's not here. But um, your priests... Um, you're our family. So when one moves, uh, we hurt a little because we miss them. And uh, the family said, Father, um, we've moved and uh, we listen to your homily now that you, you record. And we were wondering if maybe you could talk about that homily you gave a few years back about the stone. And um, so I know they will listen. Um, I miss you. And I wish you the best. Uh, and God is everywhere, uh, and love your pastor where you are at now. And so, my friends, uh, um, I look at our reading, and John has lots of details, and one of the details is the burial cloth, uh, and we have to look at it because there's great detail and symbolism in it. Uh, but for today, um, we are told by all the evangelists, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, about the tomb and about the resurrection. And we're told that the women come to the tomb and they find the stone has been moved. And 
Um, Matthew's gospel gives it even in greater detail. Matthew's really funny. He says that there's an angel sitting on the stone. And it's not a little stone. It's a big, huge stone. And it's been moved. And he said there's an angel sitting on it. And uh, we'll be here all day long if I get into the angel thing sitting on the stone. Uh, but uh, there's symbolism in that also. But my friends, when it comes to this stone that was blocking the tomb, could it be that part of the symbolism that is in it, um, could we say that the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that the huge stone that separated you and I, humans, from God, a stone that acted like a wall between us and our Heavenly Father, has been rolled away. And now with Jesus Christ, the way to the Father is unimpeded. The scriptures tell us the time was that God loved us always, but we could not reach him. And so he sends his Son. It is as if uh, the space that was there that was in darkness has now been filled with great light and love. The veil has been pulled aside, allowing for God's love to flow unimpeded. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's own life floods into this world in a unique way now. And now eternal life and eternal happiness are possible for you and I. And, my friends, oddly enough, there is a particular doubt that lingers around Easter. Uh, people have come to not doubt that, sometimes they doubt Jesus rose in the body. Uh, oh no, we know that this guy, he went to heaven. No, yeah, yeah, he did, yes, yes, but his body rose. Oh no, 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 oh yes, yes. That's why the lady, that's why Mary's like, I don't know, I looked in the tomb and it's not there anymore. And the other gospel writers really get into detail about that. And so the world's come to, yes, uh, he rose from the dead. And, um, but um, in reflection, and there's a bevy of evidence about um, why we would believe this. And um, the, the, the apostles had changed after the resurrection, after they see the resurrection Jesus Christ is when they became to believe. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was thinking, and they were up in the lock. They were in a locked room because they were afraid. And Jesus' mother, Mary, is with them, and she is probably consoling them. Don't worry. Everything he said is true. Don't worry. Stop disbelieving. And something did change when they witnessed his resurrection. For the disciples walked in newness of life filled with the Holy Spirit. The evidence that they were changed by the risen Christ is itself convincing enough. But my friends, the doubt that lingers today is the doubt that you and I will have this, that we will have the resurrection. But even now, that we can have newness of life, that we can become a new creation that we can be changed and filled with the Holy Spirit just as those apostles and the original disciples at that time were changed and transformed 
by the Holy Spirit. Today, people doubt that they can rise to new life in Him because sometimes they think they feel that there is a stone still and it's too big and it can't be rolled away. But my friends, looking at the Scriptures, cannot the God of Exodus, who delivered the Hebrew people from slavery under the hand of Pharaoh, can he not deliver you from whatever bondage you have? God freed the Hebrew people. He certainly can free you. Cannot the God of Genesis, who made the heavens and the earth and all the universes, however many there may be, and now there's thousands of them, science tells us. Well, God made them all, just letting you know. He made, it every, he made everything. And God made everything out of nothing. If he can do that, can he not transform you and make you new again also? The resurrection of Jesus says, yes. God created the universe, and so he can assuredly recreate you and I. Because of Jesus Christ, his paschal mystery, his suffering, his death, his rising, we can experience a genesis in our life. We can experience an exodus from slavery to whatever binds us, whatever brings us down, whatever steals our hope. The stone in front of our self-imposed tomb can be rolled away. But it requires faith, and it requires that we, the disciples today, walk in that faith and in hope. The light of faith dispels the darkness of doubt. We all come to Easter with our particular histories of challenges and trials and hardships. The resurrection of Jesus assures each of us that we can have a different future. God isn't so much interested in your past. He's interested in your future with him. He is the God of the past and present and future. It is all one to him. But he is mostly focused on our future. And my friends, only Jesus can bring us to that future. Only Jesus can bring us the grace we need to have that. The church is the place where you will always find Christ because he promised, I will be with my church always until the end of time. So he is with us in word and in sacrament. Do not doubt this because for generations, Christians before us have encountered him in the church in the liturgies, in the preaching, in the very life of the church, the sacramental life for us Catholics. If one is seeking the risen Christ in their life, one only need look to the church. Here is the risen one, the Christ, and he lives and he moves. You need only embrace gospel living. Steep yourself in a life of prayer, a life of charity, a life of kindness, forgiveness, humbleness. My friends, doing this, you will gradually find that his light continues to grow and grow within your own life. 
And you will notice the stone that seems to be in the way has been rolled away. My friends, of course, you may not find that all of your problems will suddenly vanish, but you will find new strength, new courage, and new hope to work through them and to rise from them. Now, my friends, here's one of the problems. Some of you people keep putting the stone back. You'll roll it right back. Stop it. Your guardian angel will thank you. Because your guardian angel, you try and roll the stone back. What do I mean by that? Christ has freed you. He's given you grace and power to walk and to breathe and to live even now that resurrected life. But you keep putting a block back in there. Don't do that. Live in the newness and the hope of the risen one. My friends, um, now is the time to discover and work on your personal relationship with Christ. Do this and you will come to see the promises of Christ and all the teachings of Christ are for you and they have always been for you and about you. What happened to the first disciples who experienced recreation and renewal and transformation and came to a new life in him through his grace and the power of the Holy Spirit will happen to you. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter is the time when the stone in your life has been rolled away. Please do not roll it back. Every Sunday, then, is like a little Easter Sunday in that we have newness and a second chance. Let the light of Jesus Christ the light of faith, given freely to dispel the darkness of doubt and despair, replacing it with what it should be, Christian hope and Christian faith and Christian charity and love. Doing this, we will walk now even in newness of life, and we will be prepared for the blessedness of eternal life. My friends, what this world needs now is for you. You and I are baptized Christians. St. Paul says you are ambassadors on behalf of Christ. You are to walk in that hope and that newness and that light, not only for yourselves but for the others. This world suffers so much. It desires peace. It desires hope. It desires love. You and I as his disciples, just as the first ones, must bring that to a world so hungry for it. To be a Christian is to be a person of hope because of the resurrection of Christ. And my friends, I know, I acknowledge that Good Friday, a day of darkness and human death, comes to each of us at some point. And Holy Saturday, with its sense of emptiness and sorrow, comes. So then, when those things happen, it is hard. It is hard to persevere. But we must. And hang on to faith. Because 
if Good Friday comes and Holy Saturday comes, Easter Sunday is right around the corner then for each of us. And that'll be a day of life and joy. May the Lord in his goodness open your minds and your hearts so that you may believe the good news of his victory over this world, over sin, and over death. In his love for you, God draws us inward into his eternity, into the fullness of his life. We go forward more confidently, and hopefully because of his promise, and because of his blessed assurance, and because of his love, we have newness. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you believe what I've told you? Yes. Do you believe what I've told you? Yes. Mm -hmm. So friends, <clears throat> our parish, it's been there, our tradition that for Christmas and Easter, we usually gave a book to everyone as a gift from the parish. But this Easter, you're getting a gift of sweetness, a cookie. And the cookie is in the shape of a lamb and a cross, and a lily. I thought I saw a bunny in there, so I got all cranky. I just can't get away from those darn Easter bunnies. <laughs> but it's not in there. <clears throat> and um, we'll have your gift, uh, a cookie, uh, hopefully at all the doors, but if not, certainly at the, in the breezeway up front. And please take, hmm? All the doors. Okay, very good. Uh, please take a gift for yourself and perhaps for someone else. And in the words of the venerable Bishop Fulton Sheen, God love you. Bye now.